This is the last sermon on the um, membership vows. So participate in the ministries of King Avenue Church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Um, witness is, on one hand, the easiest uh, because we can witness through our prayers, we can witness through our presence, through our um, gifts, and through our service. And sometimes that's much easier to witness through those, those forms. Um, on the other hand, witness probably means in the membership vows talking about your faith, which makes it probably the hardest. Um, what do we say about our faith? Do we know what to say? Would we, would we make sense? Would we embarrass ourselves? When we talk about our faith, our ego is somewhat on the line. We make ourselves very vulnerable uh, to ridicule, to criticism, uh, to being corrected. So witness, witness is pretty difficult. Uh, you know, when we witness, do we think of uh, somebody knocking on our door, uh, like Elder Cunningham in, uh, in the Book of Mormon? Hello, I am Elder Cunningham. And... Uh, do we expect to be preached at and lectured? Um, I, uh, I don't know why I feel this way, but whenever I fly or whenever um, I get my hair cut, I feel like I need... Now, why was that funny? <laughs> my barber's here today. Whenever I get my hair cut, I feel like I need to witness uh, while I'm in that chair and he's clipping away or she's clipping away. I feel like I need to witness about King Avenue, about my faith, and so on. Um, I'm always glad. And Brian, where is I saw Brian come in. Brian, yeah, Brian's here. Um, see, and everybody there has got a nice haircut. Uh, <laughs> I always like it when, when Brian's free to take me because I, I don't have the pressure of witnessing to the person cutting my hair, styling my hair, styling my hair. One of the best witnesses to King Avenue I've ever heard uh, happened, oh gosh, probably 10 years ago. I was talking to somebody, a visitor in the milling area, and I said, well, how did you come uh, to learn about King Avenue? And he said, well, I'm, I'm new to the area, and I was at a bar on, uh, in the short north, and I was talking to the bartender and said I was new, and I was looking for a church. And the bartender said, you ought to go to King Avenue. Thank God for the bartenders of the short north. You know, um, amen. That's, um, that's kind of a witness, isn't it? You ought to try King Avenue. So we have this, I don't know, uneasy feeling about witness. You know, what, what is it to witness? Well, when we witness, we, we witness to the truth. We witness to our experience. Uh, you know, when we decide to witness, often we've decided to get involved. You know, I witnessed that car accident. I witnessed that robbery. Well, now you're involved and, you, you, you know, you might have to go to court um, and, and so on. Um, I am not known for liking to go to conference events. And there was a, two weeks ago, there was a clergy meeting in, in, at Otterbein University. And um, 
I sat up in the balcony where I was not seen, and several people said to me, John, why did you skip the clergy session? I said, no, I was in the balcony. And they said, do you have a witness? And I did. I did have a witness, and they believed her. Witnesses are important. Um, they verify the truth of something. Jesus asks us to be witnesses. You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses to, of repentance and forgiveness. This is Ascension Sunday. Ascension Sunday is about the authority of Jesus. He ascends and is over all and fills all. Ascension Sunday is, is saying Jesus is the authority in the world. Not any government, not any dictator, not any president. Jesus is the authority. And we witness to the authority of Jesus. Now, what does that mean, to witness to the authority of Jesus? Well, the shape of our witness is determined by what we think of Jesus. Some people say, well, Jesus is divine, and he sits at the right hand of God. Well, how that then translates is that Jesus is not real involved in this world. And if Jesus is not real involved or real responsible, neither are we. So don't, we don't really have to care about creation or what goes on in the world. Other people understand Jesus as the conquering Jesus, Jesus who conquered death. Well, that's true, but when we understand Jesus as the conqueror, we translate his authority as beating my enemies, as triumphing over my enemies and humiliating my enemies. Other people understand the authority of Jesus and witness to the authority of Jesus as judgment. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. When we walk in the pride parade, we will experience people witnessing to Jesus the judge. You know, people will be protesting with signs, um, yelling at us, uh, telling us how wrong we are and how Jesus hates us and Jesus damns us. They are witnessing to their understanding of Jesus as judge. People understand Jesus and the authority of Jesus' affirmation that Jesus accepts us. Now, that is a large reason why we walk in the pride parade, isn't it? We say that Jesus loves all, that Jesus affirms all, that Jesus accepts all. And we want people to know that they are loved, regardless of their orientation, regardless of their status. And we make that witness of affirmation. Now, an issue for that is, though, 
We're just accepting the status quo. We're saying everything is okay. When we know not everything is okay in our world. Then there's the Jesus who transforms. The authority of Jesus who transforms, who changes lives. You will preach repentance and forgiveness throughout the world. Repentance is changing our lives. It's saying there's a new life possible, that we can turn our lives around. And we witness to the authority of that Jesus who says you can have a new start. You can have a new beginning. You might have messed up horribly, but Jesus forgives and offers a new life and a new creation. One person has said that witnessing is nothing more than one beggar telling another where they found the bread. When I was in college and going through my dark period of feeling that my life had no meaning and no direction and no purpose, and there wasn't much reason to live, I lived in a rooming house with a Roman Catholic priest who, who um, ministered to the, um, to the poor and drug addicts and prostitutes. And uh, whenever I got home, I was... Uh, got home from my student teaching at PS 22, Ed would be there in the dining room of the rooming house with a pot of coffee on, sitting there willing to talk to any of us who wanted to talk about their day. Ned and I got pretty close, and Ed was always positive, he was always upbeat, he was always joyful. And one day I just said, Ed, why are you always joyful? Why are you always upbeat? And he simply said, John, because I'm a Christian. That was it. That was his witness. I'm a Christian. Because I wanted what he had. I was a beggar looking for the bread. And he was a beggar who was telling me where he found it. Years later, I saw Ed again, and, and I told him that you know, he was very influential in my life. He had no idea of the importance of that conversation. In fact, he didn't even remember telling me where he found the bread. There are people looking for the bread. In Ephesians, Paul talks about the riches of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and the hope of Jesus. I think it's the hope that people are looking for. Suicide rates for almost all ages are increasing. Drug addiction is increasing. I have a memorial service next Sunday for a person from the AA group who just died suddenly of a heroin overdose. Hope is in small supply here in our denomination, in our nation, in our world. We have the bread of hope to offer. 
When we're a beggar telling another beggar where we found the bread, we're not doing that out of manipulation. We're not doing that to exploit the person or to use them. Think of a time you've had something good happen to you, something joyful. Maybe you've gone to a good restaurant. Maybe you've seen a good movie. Maybe you've just experienced beauty in nature. When we have those experiences, we can't help but tell people about them. Have you seen this movie? This restaurant's really good. We're not forcing them. We're not making them. We're not getting anything out of it. All we want to do is share our joy with somebody else so that they can have that experience too. That's what witnessing is. It's naturally sharing that joy with other people. When we witness, we, um, we're humble. We're just a beggar. When we witness, we are vulnerable, but we're not forcing anything. We're not trying to win. We're just saying, this is where I found meaning. This is where I found hope. One person says that when we witness, we should create the circumstances. Peter says, live your life in such a way that people will ask you to account for your faith. Live your life in such a way that people will ask you to explain yourself. Why are you hopeful? I know a doctor who, when he started out in in medicine, was deeply troubled by um, the death rate in his patients from cancer. And he said he was always, he was often struck by how much better the patient took their illness than he did. And he finally asked, why, why do you have this serenity or this peace? And again, he got the answer because I'm a Christian, and I have hope. They were creating the circumstances where he had to ask them, why are you hopeful? Witnessing is hard, and maybe we start small. We just start small. Can we think of things each day or each week where we've experienced God maybe in a movie, maybe in a book, maybe in a conversation, maybe in a smile, maybe in nature, where we've said, you know, I experienced God in that event. And then can we tell somebody we trust, a spouse, a close friend, Somebody we know who won't run away laughing at us. Then could we ratchet that up maybe to being at a church meeting, at a rehearsal at church. People are at church. They believe they're supposed to. Could we begin our meeting by saying, where have you experienced God this week? We do it with people we trust. And maybe, just maybe, we start to see 
more places where we experience God and we start to see God where we hadn't expected to see God and we start to experience that God is alive because that's ultimately what the witness is about and that's ultimately what the witness that people want to hear is. God is alive to transform lives. And then maybe if we've practiced enough with safe people and safe groups, we might just have the courage to say to someone, because I'm a Christian, because I go to King Avenue Church. During the offering, take out one of the prayer cards and write up to three names on it for people that you would like to pray for, people that you think need hope. Just write their names down and take the prayer card home and pray for those people this week. Then think about witnessing to them over the next month. Look for the opportunity. Don't dump it on them. Just look for an opening and maybe you'll get one and maybe you won't. Where you've experienced God because you're saying it authentically, not, not my story, not Chris's story, not Colleen's story, but your story. And then over the next month, Think about inviting them to worship on the next Communion Sunday in July. Participate in the ministry of King Avenue with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. You know, I've said throughout this series that each of these is a love language. And witnessing is a love language also isn't it? When we love someone, we wish the best for them. And we do want to tell them where the joy is, where the hope is, where the possibility is, where the transformation is. You know, we're just a beggar humbly telling another beggar where we found the love. May it be so. Amen.